and welcome back to Skeptics and Seekers and uh, Ask an Atheist Anything, uh, one of our roundtables. Uh, this is going to be a special edition uh, for the for the holidays, for Merry Christmas. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Dale, uh, representing the Christian or Seeker side, and we have... Uh, I'm David, and I represent the skeptic or rational side. And from, uh, from Ask an Atheist Anything, we also have... Merry Christmas, this is Matthew. And happy holidays, this is Andrew Knight. Okay, perfect. Um, so, so yeah, um, as I said, this is going to be a special Christmas edition. Um, we have a set of five questions uh, set up. So each one of us has come up with a Christmas-related question to ask each other, and we're going to go around giving our answers. And uh, then we're just going to do a final round, round about you know, giving a personal note on what Christmas means to us. Um, so, so yeah, I guess getting getting straight into it, um, we can start with Andrew because uh, I think he has a very uh, important uh, question that's not really a typical thing that you think about or want to think about at Christmas. But yeah, I'll, I'll turn it over to Andrew to, to ask the question. Well, thank you, Dale. Um, yeah, so I guess the place I'd like to start is to mention that at this point in the year, at least in the United States, and I think in the in the UK and Canada as well, holidays put a lot of pressure on uh, on families, on individuals, uh, on the disenfranchised, and so it's probably worth starting off this podcast. Even though I think we're all happy about the holidays, recognizing and acknowledging that there are those out there who have a very different experience for the holidays. And so we want to be aware of that and just say to those who might be listening, uh, if you struggle with depression over the holidays, there is help. And we will include in the show notes uh, contact numbers for organizations that can help you. And this will include contact numbers in the U.S., the U.K., and Canada for adults and children. So if you if you struggle with the holidays, don't let that be a crisis. Be aware of the things that trigger crisis moments for people that suffer depression. Those points are hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. If you find yourself in one of those states, you're more likely to feel depressed. So be aware of your own personal triggers. This is not counseling advice. If you, if you suffer with depression over the holidays, seek help. And with that public service announcement and the, and the notion that we will include uh, contact numbers at the end of this podcast, uh, Dale, I'll hand it back to you. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was uh, really important to, to get out there. And I think it was a good idea from Andrew. It's, it's something that, you know, we don't really, really think about. Uh, we're, we're more wrapped up in, you know, the festivities and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I do appreciate Andrew bringing that to attention, that some people... Uh, do need help around the holidays. I, I remember my own my own self um, when I was uh, younger. I uh, was at Jarvis Street Baptist Church, and apparently Robin Williams, the actor, showed up. He was filming in Toronto at the time, and he sort of sat in the back. And um, I found out at that time that he was sort of struggling with depression. And this this was around Christmas uh, Christmas service because we go we usually go there for Christmas time back when I was growing up. So um, yeah. That, that sort of resonated when Andrew brought this topic up. Um, that's sort of my personal anecdote, what I heard about there. Um, did, did you have 
uh, like a, a, a question for people about that at all? Or well, I think I think that can probably get right into our show, can't it? And and that is, how do we all experience uh, the holidays differently? Because uh, skeptics, uh, atheists, and non-believers in uh, anyone that doesn't believe in the Christian notion of the holidays will experience Christmas very differently. Now, I guess, to, to be fair, there's something like uh, 2.5 billion Christians, right? 2.4 billion. So, so it's a big deal. And lots of people see it the same way. And in fact, the Christian influence over the holidays can't be ignored. Right? But maybe part of what we're going to do today is explore how we as uh, skeptics view the holidays versus how Christians view the holidays. And uh, so, Dale, what is it that you find uh, appealing about Christmas from the, uh, from the Christian perspective? Well, so before Dale answers that, I just wanted to add something to a thing that maybe we can look forward to as we talk about this. So it's one thing to acknowledge that um, uh, that we have um, that that there's depression around this time of year. But uh, hopefully, we can talk a little bit about what causes. Uh, that depression. What are? Why is there so much depression around this time of year? Because if you if ne- if you have never really suffered it or been with someone who suffered it, you may not understand why anyone would be sad uh, at this time of year. And yet there are a number of reasons why it is. Some of it, I think, lays directly at the the Christian notion of this holiday. Um, at laid at their their feet. It may not be all of it, but. You know, there's something to be said about the fact that this this holiday that is supposed to be this this impetus for cheer and joy and goodwill toward men uh, that causes so many people to want to end their lives. I'm hoping we're going to get into that. So, Dale, what is it about Christianity and Christmas that you find appealing? Um. Okay, so we're going to do the person, so we're sort of doing like what Christmas is to us personally, or? Oh, well, tell you what, rather than taking that away from you, what was the, what was the first question? I, I don't know. I have no list in front of it, like, because I think we were all just going to ask different questions, and I, I didn't get a full list um, from you guys. So that's why I was, I was turning it over to you, like, what, what, what question about Christmas do you want to ask? And I'm going to do the same for Matt and for, for David, and then. I have my own thing, and then we'll afterward, right at the end, we'll go around and say, "What does Christmas mean to us personally on it on an individual basis?" And, and guilty as charged, I didn't submit my uh, <laughs> my question to Dale, so sorry about that. No worries. So, David, what question do you have? Do you have one in front of you? Uh, I I do have an aspect of that that I want to talk about. If you want to start with me, I can I can go. Okay. All right, we'll start with David. Let's let's do it. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. And by the way, this is not the first time that I've uh, come to school without my homework. So, <laughs> my dog ate mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. That said, I think the aspect of of Christmas that I find maybe the most troubling 
and and I'd like to at least get some some comment on from the rest of the group is the idea that this is the time of year where we can um, devolve into magical oh. thinking. Uh, so I'm a big fan of imagination and, and using one's imagination and make believe and so forth. I I actually enjoy that, but I. I also am a huge proponent of making a clear distinction between what is make believe and what is real. Uh, and Christmas time seems to be one of those times when we let all that go and we kind of conflate the imaginary and the real. And we're talking, uh, you know, we're letting our kids indulge in, in Santa Claus and also baby Jesus. And I think that conflation is is somewhat intentional because around the time, you know, the, around 12, I think is the, the age, around the time they start letting go uh, of Santa Claus, they would probably also start letting go of baby Jesus too. But we give them permission to let go of one and not the other. And so we entrench this magical thinking uh, in our kids and raise another generation of religious magical thinkers. And so while we're, while we're playing make-believe behind the Christmas tree, we're really using that tactic to just make more Christians who think magically. And so I actually find that a, a somewhat despicable and destructive aspect of holiday. And um, uh, I would love to hear some commentary on that. Sure. Okay, so uh, Andrew, uh, what do you think about, you know, sort of lying to engaging in certain lies for, you know, and for the sake of the holidays? I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast, uh, although I don't know that it was a roundtable, that my girlfriend is pregnant. Uh, and I have children from, a, from another relationship. But one of the things that we have decided to do is not raise this child with a notion that there is a, a magical Santa that comes down chimneys and can, uh, can visit every person in the world and uh, over the span of one evening taking, chill, uh, taking presents to the, to the good boys and girls because it invites, uh, it invites a, a certain kind of cognitive dissonance. We want our child to be aware that gifts come from people and that they come from people who genuinely care about you. And that when you give a gift, the person receiving the gift should know who it comes from and that you genuinely care for them. And so we know that that is going to be a difficult conversation. But like the other skeptics on this line, I am not for any kind of magical thinking. And I am for imagination. The difference is that we can imagine things that can't happen, right? And so we don't necessarily, uh, I, I, don't, I don't oppose reading fantasy books or, or good stories, but I do oppose trying to enact magic when it doesn't exist. And so there's a difference between what can be and what you can imagine. And, and if I can just pile on, I, I like what you said about the kids knowing where the gifts come from. Uh, 
magical thinking makes them gives them a framework where good things come from from unknown unseen sources and you know if you just write a letter to santa claus or wish it real hard or pray for it or you know then the you know the guy the invisible gift giver does does your thing and so i think there is something to be said for knowing exactly where the gift comes from i want to carry that thought just for one more second and then i'll i'll bow out of this part of the conversation one of the things that i don't want to do on christmas morning is have my children open gifts and then have to pretend like they came from someone else I want to be able to share the moments where I give gifts to my children and use that as a platform to build a stronger relationship. I don't want to hand them a present from Santa and then have to pretend like I had nothing to do with it. So not for the notion of Santa, uh, even though uh, it's a cultural icon. Cool. All right. And Matt, what, what are your thoughts about that? Um, I'm quite a lot more relaxed about it. Um, I, I, although I do remember being a new parent as a Christian and the Santa thing did become a problem. And my personal experience and my genuine feeling is that Santa has been more of a problem for Christians than for uh, non-Christians. And I remember having a conversation as a Christian and a new parent with a with a father who was also who was both a new Christian and a new parent and he tore his mind apart the the problem of Santa and what to do with his children and he as soon as they were old enough to understand the concept he came straight out and said told them that Santa was make-believe and it was was just a myth in the stories and yes people talked about Santa as Santa was real because his problem was and he's not the only person who I've had that kind of conversation was if I talk about Santa as though Santa's real and then my children realize that it's not true then they're going to do come to the same conclusion about Jesus and that was basically the source of, of his uh, I'm going to use the word trauma because he really did uh, have, have a big big mental issue about it and he's, he's not unique and I know I wasn't unique in in having that issue, but in terms of what we did as a as a, a Christian family with a young child, uh, was we took a very relaxed view uh, about Santa, uh, and yeah, we talked about Santa, but we never said yes, Santa's real, and we never said no, Santa's fake. We just talked about Santa in the context of Christmas. And um, my daughter's bright enough, and she worked it out. But what? really triggered it all off and what was the most amusing thing about it all was actually the tooth fairy and we talked about the when the first teeth came out and we did the whole tooth fairy thing and my christianity was beginning to wane um by that point um and um my daughter is such an annoyingly bright brat i i, I tell you i love her to bits but she would write letters to the tooth fairy and we got told off were not making sure that there was a tooth fairy reply um, to her tooth fairy letter. So we started to have this bizarre scenario where my daughter would put her tooth under the pillow and this write this whole screed uh, to the tooth fairy. And there would be me at 
10 o'clock at night writing this ridiculous reply back, pretending to be the tooth fairy, and uh, uh, put it under. And my it became more and more colourful of it. And eventually my daughter came out, and she'd known about it for ages. She'd been playing us a ridiculous little thing. Um, said, you know, the, the tooth fairy is not real, is it? You guys are just faking it. I said, oh, thank goodness for that. Said, yes, that's right. <laughs> um, oh, so, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Matt. So I said, "Do you want me to stop?" And she said, "No, of course I don't want you to stop. It's fun." And I went, "Oh no, I've got to carry this on." Um, and I, th- I think parents make it much more of a problem than they need to because I think the children have got them sussed out from the day one. And I think there's a lot of children who are like my daughter; is they already know. They're just playing their parents. And with the whole tooth fairy thing, of that, just, my daughter played me good and proper for a good long time. But don't ever tell her that because I'm going to have to kill you. She, she needs to know that I'm the boss here yeah, in this town. Um, anyway, what was my point? Yeah, but so I, I think the whole list thing is, is more of a problem for the for the Christians because of the, the connotation if I if they realize I'm lying to them about the mythical sense so they're going to think I'm lying about about Jesus so it'll be interesting to hear what what your take on on that is there but as as an atheist now as a family I actually don't mind father Christmas I'm quite happy to talk about it we all know there's no father Christmas but we still talk about father Christmas my in-laws still put presents under the tree signed father Christmas and we just enjoy it as the spirit of Christmas and it's quite good fun actually yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, I think... Um, and I'm glad I over... Is your nose okay, David? Because it sounded like that amused you. Yes. No, I, <clears throat> I'm i better now. <laughs> There's this thing called a mute button, David. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I know so little about this technology thing. I, <laughs> I love that you were giving lessons to Alan before and muting. But <laughs> All right, so... So yeah, I'll give my my answer. I'm sorry. Uh, lectures to who? Uh, to Alan about really? how to. Yeah. How to I haven't. The, we we haven't uh, introduced an Alan. Who are you talking about? Oh, okay, never mind. I, uh, is that Father Christmas's alternative name? I think so. And, and and by the way, you you call him Father Christmas? You you, you people in the UK, man. What? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Is it father as in Catholic father, or father is in daddy from another mother? Is it father? I mean, what? It's a Catholic, right? So, um, well, he definitely doesn't visit the bedroom, so he can't be Catholic. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Wow. No. So, oh, sorry, we're gonna have to come back. back. No. That's a joke. There we go. Um, so, are yeah. you sure he? No, never mind. Oh, never, never mind. Everyone, Merry Christmas. Okay, so it's my answer, the Christian answer. Um, so for, first of all, I want to say I'm actually with. Before I was a Christian, I was with Matt 100%. I don't see the harm. Um, I was the kid playing my dad. I, I remember I found out there was no Santa Claus. I'd gotten a, a video game for uh, a video game um, from Santa, and we were going to return it. And then it's like, oh, you know, the clerk was asking about it, and he was like, well, my wife, uh, my wife uh, bought it or something, and he didn't realize what he had said, but I picked up on it, and that's that's when I realized Santa's not real. 
um, as a kid, it didn't affect me. I went on pretending and happy and having a, a good time getting gifts from Santa uh, and that sort of thing. So I, I think that people can differentiate. Like it didn't impact me personally in terms of, oh, shoot, well, if Santa's fake, then I guess God's not real and that sort of thing. Um, but as a, as a Christian, I have to recognize, I mean, this isn't the case for everyone. It, it This making this connection do, can and does have a, a serious impact that could affect someone's uh, salvation. They, they might see, well, if Santa's not real, then I can't trust you that Jesus is real or that God is real. So I've sort of evolved. I've, I've tried everything to think that I could think of where I could, if I were to have kids, that I could um, preserve Santa for them because I want them to have to worry about it. I'm sorry. Sorry. I want them to. I don't understand. I, <laughs> no, no, it's, it, it's okay. It's not worth chasing. It's a. It's a squirrel. I need <laughs> a sandwich. <laughs> okay. Um, I get it now. But uh, um, yeah. So what was I saying? Um, yeah. Even thinking about well, Santa does exist in a logically possible world. So therefore, I'm not lying. Stuff you know, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, no, it, it is lying. Um, so. As a Christian, I wouldn't be able to lie about it. I, I would have to let them know about the difference, and we could still do the go through the motions and have fun, um, but put them in a position where they actually believe there is a real Santa Claus and that sort of thing. Uh, as a Christian, I wouldn't lie to them. So, so yeah, I, I want to follow that point, Dale, because you said you know it didn't really affect you as a kid. Just to express part of the continuum here, it did affect me as a kid. Me too. Uh, in fact, my family tells a story. Uh, and I, I remember this moment. I lived in this uh, two-story house uh, where I grew up. And my mom was downstairs washing clothes um, this particular holiday season. I guess I was six or seven. And I'd been watching these Christmas specials, and you know, ra- raised on Christmas, right? Raised with a Santa Claus. And I think it was my older brother that told me there was, you know, <laughs> you really need to give that up. Santa's a bad job. No such thing as Santa. And uh, and I was quite I was quite upset by this. So I, I go downstairs. My mom's washing clothes. Now, I, I interrupt her. You know, it's a it's a it's a crisis of faith for a kid, which means it's a real crisis. Right. And and I confronted her. I said, why have you been lying to me all these years about Santa? Is there or isn't there a Santa? And if there's not, why do you lie to me? Now, you know, it seems it seems sort of funny because we can all see a, a six or seven year old doing that kind of thing. Right. And it's kind of amusing because we all know as adults, it's really uh, it's really not a big deal. Right. But it was a big deal to me because it really did mean that my parents had been trying to promote this ongoing idea of of a Santa. And it was a lot. It did bother me that my parents could um, uh, could participate in an annual ritual to lie to me about something that didn't exist. So can can I can I uh, say how it uh, affected me? Because I it, I was different. I wasn't. Uh, I I didn't. I don't know that I ever believed, but I did go to schools with kids who did believe, and. I also had the experience of uh, growing up in neighborhoods uh, 
where people were, let's say, well below the middle class average uh, in America. And so I did, I did not grow up wealthy and I did not grow up in a wealthy neighborhood. Um, you know, we, you know, we weren't exactly third world, uh, but we weren't exactly first world all the time either. So that said, uh, I had the experience of, uh, seeing the story in a very different way as it played out. And it played out this way. Good little boys and girls were from rich families and bad little boys and girls were from poor families because that's how the presents were divided. And you, you know, you come to school and you have a show and tell and you, you know, talk about your presence. Uh, there's, there's this clear line of delineation between those who had really nice, cool gifts and those who did not. Uh, and I, I found the whole thing somewhat distasteful. That was always somewhere in the middle. My parents worked very, very hard to give us stuff. Um, but I knew how hard they worked, at least most of the time. Some of it I didn't. Uh, but, but a lot of those kids, they did not, they, they could not put together the idea that, you know, this is just a matter of your socioeconomic uh, place in the world. Uh, that's not how this, the Christmas story goes. And it plays out very badly in communities where people are very poor. Dave, should we, um, so David and I grew up in the, in the same community. Uh, we went to the, the same school, uh, at least part of the time. And I'm wondering if we, should, um, if we should talk about the Christmas holiday and the party in the gym for all of the kids that we went to no, school with. It's, it's painful. I would, I would rather laugh at people. It, it is painful, <laughs> yeah. but but it is it is part of that story that you just told. It is part of it. It's true. I mean, you you, it, you say well, whatever you it, want to. That's uh, okay. That's All right. Very quickly, we we grew up in a community where there were poor kids. We went to school with some of those kids, and the Rotary Club and the, and the Lions times Club. We were and, those kids. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Rotary Club, the Lions Club, Telephone Pioneers, all, all of the local civic organizations would get together and they would buy a present for every kid in school with us. And we'd get together in this, this big party in the gym at the school. And there'd be a Santa, right? And, and there would uh, there'd come this time after we'd all sung some Christmas carols and, and drank Kool-Aid. And, uh, and, and no, it wasn't. Poisoned. Uh, <laughs> drink too late, and uh, and there'd come a time uh, where every kid would be given a gift, and you know it was it was the it was the typical gifts of the time, Tonka trucks and and that kind of thing. But the trouble is that Christmas is a holiday where we buy kids toys, and if I'm being honest, it's really not what we needed. What we needed was better textbooks. What we needed was better technology in the classrooms. What we needed were winter coats. An, an what we needed diet, were better shoes. An actual dietitian. Uh, uh, yes, as, as, as hard lunches. as they tried. Yes, we, we did. And the thing is, when you, have a, when you have a community of kids that have horrible textbooks and don't have writing supplies and don't have good shoes or good winter coats. You can't stack Tonka trucks high enough to make up for that deficiency. Yeah. And Christmas 
in that community was simply a lie. Okay. All right, cool. So I think that handled the, the only thing I, I would just caution you on is uh, I agree with what, the point that you guys are making, but don't don't underestimate the joy from those Tonka trucks, right? Like, remember, that's the message. Do you, do you, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Santa Claus is coming to town, but I grew up with that as one of the shows uh, in syndication or whatever. But um, yeah, there, there's like a town where they get rid of all the toys and it's always things you need, socks and and stuff like that. And it's an utterly miserable and drab place. Uh, you know, the, the ton well, it's true. You need those tools and those are extremely important. I, I wouldn't discount the joy of having fun with toys as not also being a necessary part of child. You're talking to someone you're who missing, received the Tonka trucks. And, you're, uh, you're missing the point, Dale. And, and I can tell from your response that you were never one of those kids. Yeah. And, and here's how I can tell. Mm -hmm. I was not. Be yeah, I, I know. And, and here's how I know. Because the kids that grew up in my community remember January 1st just as much as they remember December 19th or whenever the Christmas party was each year. And the reason we remember January 1st as much is because that Tonka truck doesn't get us through having a coat to put on. Okay. It, it really doesn't. And you, you overestimate the joy of the Tonka truck. So there's, we all enjoyed, you know, gathering around and getting free presents and things like that. So I, I don't want to, yeah, sure. I mean, that's, that's fun. That lasts for 10 minutes. Um, the winter lasts a lot longer and the bad education lasts a lot longer and the bad food lasts a lot longer. You, you have forgotten the truck <laughs> by the time, you know, before the batteries die on whatever toy you got, <laughs> uh, you're back to real life. And by the way, no one's there to replenish the batteries. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to step in with a voice of support on you guys there. My my growing up experience is different to yours. I, I come from a, a painfully broken home, and the, the two sides uh, of the home were very different financially. And I want to endorse what you guys have just said. The toys get forgotten. The, the memories of the occasion live and transcend for many, many years beyond the toys, the good memories, and very, very importantly, uh, the bad memories. Uh, a painful Christmas, which, which can can just last a, a short period in, a time, in terms of uh, time span, but the, uh, the uh, after effects of, of that, that painful memory can, can hurt for very, very many years uh, beyond and well into to adulthood. And I don't think we should underestimate that impact. Okay, and I'm not. I, I said that I respected that, that point. So moving on, Andrew, uh, you had a question. Um, so here, here's what I see in the email. Can atheists celebrate Christmas? That's the question you wanted, one of the questions. Oh, right. Uh, look, by the way, happy to be moving on uh, from from that last bit, maybe we can uh, maybe we can change the tone of the of the podcast a little bit at this point. And Dale, yes, you did. You you said you respected the the problems there, and uh, so thank you for that. Okay. So, can an atheist 
celebrate Christmas. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was my turn. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that I, <laughs> actually, so we, we do have an Alan still on the line. I don't know if Alan's going to weigh in, but that's, that's at least one third of us, uh, possibly only one fourth of us, but that's a clear no. So uh, Matthew, do you celebrate Christmas? And if not, what do you celebrate in the holidays? Uh, well, yeah, I, I guess um, part of David's response is, you know, what, what's the definition of celebrating uh, Christmas? Um, uh, for those who, who aren't aware, uh, I am a, an atheist in a Christian family. So Christmas happens uh, the, Christ, the Christian way uh, pretty much uh, all of the time. And I'm OK with that. I'm accepted that I, I married into it as a as a Christian. So um I was going to say that's my lot in life, but that's not the right phrase. No. Um, so, <laughs> not if your uh, wife hears this, is not. <laughs> um, I so yes, and I do uh, on occasion go to church on Christmas morning with the family because you know it's essential to to be together with the family, and I'm creating division if I don't do that. And I'm quite happy to do that uh, and celebrate Christmas uh, in that way. And you know, what? I actually enjoy singing Christmas carols. Now, when I first decided to ditch Christianity, singing Christmas carols was a bit of a problem for me. I had to overcome that as a hurdle. Uh, Ten years later, I'm I'm good with that. I enjoy singing Christmas carols. I enjoy having a bit of a, a group sing song uh, in in church. On that, uh, the sermon is usually very uh, short and pithy, so there's nothing there for me to really react against. Uh, so I'm genuinely quite. Uh, cool with the, the Christian aspect of Christianity. The, um, we've had a long tradition in this family of having a, um, a nativity set come out. We, we've had a, a one that's been child-friendly and playable with, which comes out. And my daughter always enjoys that coming out. It's always been her thing to get out the nativity set and to set it up and spend a good lot of time uh, playing that. And I'm very happy uh, with all of that and celebrating Christmas in that way. I guess it's not true celebrating in the uh, in the way that others might think in, in that i don't see it as uh, jesus's birthday and any of that kind of nuance and uh, really just doesn't enter into my my psyche at all but i still enjoy celebrating it okay uh, uh david i guess you already gave your your answer to andrew's so i'll question. expand it just a little bit but did, did anyone else hear uh matthew's statement as a a, a hostage uh, tape. <laughs> no, I, no, I love Christmas. I, I love it. I, we get the nativity scene. I, I love Christmas. Bless me the name of the Lord. Uh, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I love it for the free alcohol. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say free Matthew. <laughs> free Matthew. Um, Look, uh, you can celebrate. I mean, <laughs> you can celebrate. I mean, there, you can celebrate anything you want to. And a part of me uh, enjoys the secularization of of Christmas. I I love to see it corrupted. I love to see, uh, you know, around this time of year, Christians scrambling to remind people for the reason of the season. You know what? You have to remind people because no one cares. No, no one, no one gives a damn about the religious aspects of, of, of this holiday. Uh, a few years ago, I wrote a, um, I wrote a post 
uh, for my blog, which I don't write much for anymore, uh, beyond, <clears throat> beyond religion. That's, uh, at word, WordPress beyond religion. Anyway. Um, and it was, it was about the secularization of, uh, secularization of Christmas. And I, uh, I took a picture at, uh, I think it was a hospital, uh, that I was at at the time. Um, and, uh, the picture was, uh, their wall decoration and it was a giant Santa Claus and presents and reindeer and all that. And, uh, above that in, I want to say the right hand side and up was a smaller cross. And I thought that's perfect. <laughs> so they've, they've got the cross in there, but it's overshadowed by this giant Santa Claus. That's the, that's the Christmas I like. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that. Uh, and I strongly encourage people to forget the reason for the season. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, have, have fun with that, but I wouldn't call that celebrating Christmas. I would just call that having a holiday party. And, um, I, I think that's when Christmas is at its best. Andrew, I, I don't know. Do you want to answer yourself, or what? Like, what's your take? Can atheists celebrate Christmas? We can celebrate giving, and this is in that way. Actually, my favorite time of year, though. Though I'll acknowledge that I have struggled with depression over the holidays at at some periods in my life, and I still do because, like Matthew, I I came from a, a terribly broken home. Uh, so when I travel home for the holidays now, uh, my family is still divided and it's still a hard time, uh, even, even in my middle age, um, Christmas at home is not the joyous affair that other people experience, but I am happy to celebrate the idea of giving to each other and I'm happy to sit down and share a meal with my friends and family. And if I could encourage any single act of charity, it would be this. Most of us live our lives now where we want for very little. A couple of years ago, uh, my family got together and rather than exchanging gifts, we took our money and we found a local family and we bought the things that, that this mother and her children needed. She was recently widowed. And she didn't have things like beds for her children. They didn't have cookware. Uh, she, was, she was really in a bad place. And rather than giving gifts to each other, that's what we did for Christmas. We haven't done it since. I think it's, I think it's tragic that we haven't. But if I could encourage giving in any particular way, it would be that over Christmas we celebrate giving by giving to people who can't give us a single thing. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just going to concur that I do think the answer is yeah. Obviously, all three of you just proved that atheists can celebrate Christmas. Uh, in your in your own ways, you, you, each one of us has our own traditions or things that are important to us and what the what the holiday season means. Um, so I don't really have anything more to add on that apart from 
don't listen to David's advice. Uh, the meaning, the true meaning of Christmas is important. Uh, I would re- recommend that you reflect upon. Like the, what, what would you say the true meaning of Christmas uh, is, Dale? Because I don't think the audience knows. It's so. Would you would you interrupt their viewing of the Grinch that stole Christmas so that you can tell them the true meaning of Christmas? Are you serious? You think? Sure, go like, ahead. Knock yourself oh. out. This is you know we never give you a chance to evangelize. Go for it, because I see a real mocking uh, opportunity uh, after this. So. <laughs> All right, so Matt's question is um, obviously well, well played, Dale. That's, that's well played. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, but yeah, it's the nativity story, right? It's 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 what we God is giving us the Messiah. God incarnate was was born to a virgin um, as the King of Kings, and he even as a gift to us to die eventually to die for our sins and make atonement for us to reconcile us to god um he's really the ultimate gift uh given to us because we can't give back uh to him so it it embodies you know the the very spirit of what andrew was doing for example with that family which is highly commendable um by the way so yeah that's that's the foundation and true meaning of christmas uh to from a biblical perspective a christian perspective Okay, so I, I yeah. hope that you didn't just compare, you know, Jesus to Andrew actually giving someone a bed so that their kids can sleep on. But I, so I, rather than using it as a mocking opportunity, I would like to follow up because I I did have a stealth question to ask, and I needed you to bring up the nativity for me to ask it. So, do you actually personally uh, believe? Uh, in the virgin birth and how necessary is it uh, to believe in that because a lot of Christians even some that have appeared <clears throat> on the show Unbelievable do not believe in the virgin birth a lot have given that up and thrown it under the bus because they recognize that uh, it is either A. silly or B. Um, a textual accretion that really uh, probably those stories probably don't belong in the text at all Um so a lot of scholars have given up the virgin birth. What is is that really an important thing for you in Christmas? Um, yeah, I do. So I do believe in the virgin birth. I, um, it's important. It's not essential. I, I would agree with the scholars that it's not an essential uh, Christian belief. So you can you can still be considered a Christian if you deny the virgin birth. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So. So our next question. So this uh, from Matthew. I've been I've been looking. I can't see what your question is. You just you just talk about Christmas issues. Uh, what- yeah, there was a follow up email which had a couple of questions on it. the The top one was um, for the ex Christians. How has Christmas changed for you? It's possible that we partially answered that, but we could go around with that question. So how how's, of- how has Christmas changed for you? Yeah, oh, and I yes. guess if you want to put an answer to that, Dale, you could think how it might change for you. But yeah, that's a question that I'd be interested to hear the guys answer specifically. Sure. Um, so yeah, well, obviously, as a, a new Christian, it, it's now infused with new meaning again because I believe in the historical nature of the nativity story. I, I now have that. 
aspect back. I guess before I was, once I lost my faith during the intervening years, it it wasn't like it was a you know totally empty or anything like that. Um, but there was a noticeable uh, hole in the significance or meaning of the holidays. Um, it, like I said, it wasn't unbearable. I, I had a great time. I I loved you know the Santa stuff and hanging out, you know, fa- friends and family, eggnog and all of that and uh, and that sort of thing. But it, I guess it wasn't complete. So so this Christmas, it's it, like it was when I was a Christian before. Um, so, yeah, hope, hopefully this Christmas, this will be my first Christmas uh, as a Christian again. So now hopefully it'll it'll feel complete again because I have the I have everything. Uh, the nativity and all the the commercial stuff and that sort of thing. So that's how it's changed for me. We'll, we'll see. It, it hasn't happened yet, but <laughs> we'll see how it goes. That's what I think. So uh, can I can I answer that uh, then? Because well, you, you can give your answer. Yeah, great. Uh, so how how it's changed for me. So my family, we were not. Christmas Christians per se, <laughs> so you'd have to know a little bit about denominational distinctives to understand what I mean by that. But uh, Christmas wasn't a, a big religious deal for us. In fact, we were we were closer to the kind of Christians that didn't celebrate Christmas at all, and we gave lip service to not celebrating Christmas. But my parents always did anyway. Um, so the fact of the matter is, it it never had some great reason for this season for me because you know we would always talk about well you know that's not when Jesus was really born you know we were <laughs> we were those people so um, yeah so after Christianity I don't think I don't think I noticed um, because we we weren't the kind of Christians uh, that that celebrate it in the first place. Um, I, yeah, in fact, I, I think most years of my adult life, Christmas has been an annoyance uh, because A, I don't have kids and B, I usually have to work or get things done. And so for about two weeks of the year, uh, transportate public transportation because I don't drive, so I depend on public transportation. Public transportation is unreliable. The mail is unreliable. Uh, I can't make a doctor's appointment. You know, life just kind of grinds to this nasty halt. And so, if anything, it just got more annoying for me. That's <laughs> that's an atheist, as you know, trying to get work done. So, um, probably not the answer that you were expecting, but um, there it is. Cool. All right, and Andrew, has uh, Christmas gone through any changes for you at all? Yes, I find um, I find that because now it's just a season of giving, right? It's where I get together with my friends and family, and we share a meal, and and perhaps we exchange gifts. We don't we don't necessarily. Um, I find that it is a much more genuine time in my life. I'm not devoting Christmas to this uh, somewhat false notion of, of Jesus' birthday or or any of that kind of thing. And, you know, not all Christians think that December 25th or whatever is actually Jesus' birthday. But there's this notion of, of somehow sharing this holiday uh, with a deity. And the thing that I like most about shedding my religious background is that in this particular season of giving, 
it is more pure for me than it ever was because I get to focus on the people in my life that make a difference. And that is the thing that I love most about this season now. Excellent. Perfect. Um, yeah, I think everyone. Oh, Matt, uh, what about for you? It's your question. Has Christmas changed for you at all? Uh, yes, it has uh, changed me. And um, as, as an individual, I find Christmas is more relaxed and I enjoy it a whole lot more. It's, um, it, it wasn't something I would have predicted uh, before I uh, gave up on Christianity. But that's certainly how I feel about it now. And it, it starts with subtle things. You know, I used to get terribly, terribly frustrated at hearing Christmas music in shops before December. And now, yeah, I go, huh, I might roll my eyes, but actually I, I don't mind it as much as uh, I used to. Um, hearing people say happy holidays it used to be like someone was spiking at my soul when I would hear that phrase. Now I'm like, nah, so what? They're still wishing a, a seasonal greeting. Really, what does it matter what words they've used? Um, but those little things uh, uh, build up. Uh, and um, as a child, I remember occasionally thinking, why are we always going to church? Um, and, you know, the whole church element is completely removed uh, I mean, I, I still attend, but it doesn't have anywhere near the, the same uh, uh, me, meaning to me. So, yeah, how I view Christmas uh, has changed. I still enjoy the enjoy calling it the season of goodwill. Goodwill. I, I do um, spend time thinking about uh, uh, others. I haven't been quite as practical about it as Andrew has. That is something I, I, I should do. Although we have done uh, charitable things over over Christmas as a as a family. Um, but it, yeah, taking the religious aspect out of it for me has made Christmas more uh, relaxed and more enjoyable for me, and, and I like that change. So, I, and I don't, I want to just go back. It sounds like I had a really bitter thing to say, and I'm not as bitter as as it sounds. Uh, I don't want to pour mouth. Yeah, well, there's that. But, um, <laughs> but no, there there is a. There's an economic disparity a little bit in how some people would think about the holiday, and I, it, it's important to bear that in mind. Um, for me, for instance, I, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, well, I've almost said I'm not poor, but you know, when I look at my bank account, maybe, maybe that's not true, but. I, the thing is, I don't have two weeks vacation off to to go and play in the snow and uh, do Christmas shopping and all of that. It's it's unpaid time off where I have to get things done. And if I'm not working during the Christmas holiday, I've got I've got a couple of weeks or a month or however much non productivity of of money that I'm not making, and life gets harder for me. Uh, when I when when the world doesn't work normally, and so I don't I don't actually look forward to holidays, in that sense. I I work during Thanksgiving and I look forward to it. Uh, even when I had good jobs with benefits and all that, I would work through the holidays for the time and a half. Uh, so I'm I'm one of those guys, and so I I really do. And there were a lot of people like me in, in you know places where I've worked, and this is just an aspect that doesn't get talked about that much. So yeah, it's it's not it's it's not that great 
when you you are forced to almost be unemployed for two weeks or however long it is because because you got to work and you don't have the savings and it's and it's expensive even if you're not buying a bunch of presents. And right. oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, well, no, just just very quickly because I, I want to respond to something that David said there that I've observed in my broader extended family. We all have uh, parts of our family tree that are less well off than other parts, and and for whatever reason that happens to be, and and for those people that are not particularly well off, Christmas is a hardship because they feel compelled to give. And we should be aware that Christmas can be a financial burden. So I guess now maybe uh, maybe this is my fight against capitalism. I'm not sure. It's not supposed to really come across that way. But it's just another acknowledgement that there is an aspect of a giving season uh, that can be quite demanding. And I don't know how to solve that problem. And I'm not proposing a solution just an acknowledgement that this is another way that that some people find Christmas different from uh, you know from the norm that we see uh, in our TV ads. Perfect. All right. Uh, yeah. What one uh, little tidbit? I think Andrew mentioned the point about December twenty fifth is not actually the day, um, and. To be honest, I, I don't care either way. I've always assumed this was the case. But uh, there is actually um, a question about this in the scholarship. Um, yeah. Because so basically where December 25th, come, it was the feast or celebration of the unconquerable son. That wasn't official until 274 AD with the, under the Emperor, Emperor Aurelian, the guy who made the Aurelian walls and that sort of thing. He was, um, you know, so that's... Uh, that's that's when the pagans sort of made this date their official date for the feast for for Sol Invictus, uh, the soldier god, uh, sun god there. And but we actually have early references where it's it's mixed, but there are references to Jesus' birth over a century before that by Christians, Hippolytus, for example, in from uh, in the late second century A.D. mentioned that December twenty fifth. Uh, was the date for Jesus' birth. John Chrysostom also mentions this. Um, now, it's not uniform. That some people say it's January 6th and that sort of thing, so we can't prove that it is, but I just thought it was interesting that it's, it's not a clear-cut case. Oh, Christians just copied the pagans, so the pagans always had December 25th as their date, and then the Christians just reinvented that. There, there is stuff before the official pagan feast was set for that date, so I found that interesting. Um, yeah, um, that, that is interesting because I, I, well, I wasn't aware of the of the earlier dates uh, where perhaps people that were more involved with Christianity, uh, you know, uh, talked about when Jesus might have been born. But if that's a if that's a century before two seventy four, um, that puts us. If you think about Jesus dying at uh, at thirty three, right? That puts the first references. Uh, at, at somewhere around 130, right? So that's that's a hundred years yeah, after so his death on the cross. If if such an event happened, which I'm not entirely convinced about, but so it is interesting that that would at least coincide with some of the uh, with some of the writings of the gospel accounts, um, which we know were written quite late. So so that is interesting. Well, cool. perfect. All right, so. 
Um, yeah, I guess we'll ask my question. Um, it's really it's just it's sort of a, a reverse of uh, Andrew's. Um, given certain pagan associations or pagan rituals, like the Christmas tree itself, for example, um, do, you, do you think that Christians are able to uh, celebrate the, let's call it the quote-unquote commercial aspects of Christmas? Like, am I sinning if I'm having a Christmas tree or something like that? Um, yeah, Matt, Matt, what do you think about that? Um, I, I don't, but I guess uh, uh, somebody who disagrees could just turn around and say, well, you're not really an authority on what Christians are allowed to celebrate, so what what does your opinion count? Um, but no, I, I don't don't think that Christians should in, in any way at all restrict what they celebrate to only that which is sanctioned by their belief. That creates such a divided and um, contained, self-contained uh, system that you effectively remove yourself from the rest of society. So no, I don't think it's uh, Christians should limit themselves to to that so yes put up decorations put up a, a christmas tree go and buy gifts on on black friday or or, or whatever you know in, enjoy what other people uh, are in, enjoying and if you want to stand out as a christian um do the things for for other people who are struggling at that time uh, so that you can see that you're you're doing that but now i i really don't see any conflict at all between Christians celebrating Christmas the way they want to and celebrating it in the way the rest of society does if they see a division at all. Cool. So well, I'd, and, like, I'd like to be a contrarian here. <laughs> Big shock. Well, is, when you're being a, is this your actual opinion or are you just being a... Kind of. Um, okay. It's, well, hard, to, it's oh. hard to know my actual opinion because I'm so far removed from... Uh, from being a Christian, but I can I can tell you the kinds of thoughts I had as a Christian, the kind of sermons that I preached as a Christian, and it, even when I was a Christian, when I was a, also a songwriter, I had a tradition of writing a Christmas song every year, and it was uh, something of a scathing commentary on Christmas. So yeah, I think that um, there's there's some truth in my contrarianness here, um, and. The, it, it evolves not around the Jehovah's Witness style, you know, this is a pagan holiday and you shouldn't have anything to do with it. I don't actually care about that. Um, it, it, it revolves around the, the, um, the um, what am I, the, the capitalism, uh, the, the spending, the presence, the, I'm, I'm brain dead. So, um it's it's all that, and when you when when Matthew says, well, there's no conflict. Well, there may not be doctrinally. I'm not sure, but there is always this aspect of what would what would Jesus do? And I always had a, a real problem imagining Jesus uh, participating in our traditional notion of commercial commercial is the word I was thinking about. Our traditional notion of commercial commercialized Christmas. Um, and I, I look at marketers uh, and how they market uh, Christmas. Do you notice that there's no religious connotation whatsoever? 
in Christmas advertising, you know, unless a church is advertising for you to come see their Christmas play or something. And the reason for that is because I think that marketers do recognize an inherent conflict between the commercialism and, you know, any part of the Jesus idea. And so they throw out the Jesus idea because they they can't make those two work together. Uh, So I do think that as a Christian, uh, they should actually stop and, think a little bit longer about whether they should uh, make their list and go to the mall and engage in Black Friday and do all this kind of stuff. Because, you know, every time I hear families say, you know, it's commercialism, it's taken over the holiday, blah, blah, blah. They always say that in the context of having just got back from the mall and spending $1,000 on Christmas presents. So, yeah, I think that some people do recognize that there is a conflict, but they can't seem to do anything about it. And I would say that, you know, if I were putting on my Christian hat, stop a little longer, reconsider, actually maybe have a year where you have family and love and and Christmas cards, but don't go to the mall. Don't uh, strap out the the credit card. Don't do all of that. And And just try it and see if that feels a little bit different. Cool. Uh, and Andrew, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Scott is. I don't. I don't think that I have uh, much else to add. I, I think that'll shut her down for me. Uh, so you're on more on David's or Matt's point of view. Well, I, I think. Fucking <laughs> 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 solid down the horns of that dilemma, didn't you? That was very well played. I, I think. I think what I would say is let's celebrate this season however we celebrate it with with the notion of being as gentle to each other as we can possibly be. And probably for me, that means not imposing a lot of financial stress on the people around us. If you can give gifts, give them. Um, if you can't, don't feel obligated to, and the people around you shouldn't obligate you. If this, if this season is to mean anything, it should mean the time when the best of ourselves is the best to the people around us. Cool. Yeah. I believe it or not, I'm going to be weird and agree with both. Uh, so predominantly, I I'm agree with Matt. I, I don't think there's anything wrong theologically with um, with having a Christmas tree or having presents and, you know, stockings and that sort of thing, or, or watching Christmas specials on TV or that sort of thing. But I also, uh, I think David's uh, point sort of resonated with me about, um, yeah, I mean, if you're a Christian, you should really take a time out to contemplate, you know, where are the priorities, first of all, uh, about this holiday. And, even maybe maybe take a take a year off and do what Andrew did. And instead of getting presents, you just give away presents to people who can't uh, reciprocate. Um, that that might be a good way of sort of remembering, you know, hey, this this is about. I've already I've already been given the ultimate gift uh, with Jesus uh, type thing. So I actually, yeah, I, I think you both. I agree with both of you. You both had valid points to raise. So, so I want to share just a little bit of my hypocrisy here, what some might call hypocrisy. But I've I've tried to live that you reality. Haven't seen my private combos about you, right? No. Yes. <laughs> oh damn. Yes. Oh, darn. Yes. I'm. Darn. Uh, 
I am in your computer all the time. Um, I knew it. <laughs> that's why it runs so slow. Uh, but <laughs> at any rate. It all makes sense. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about those websites later. I've got recommendations. Um, so <laughs> where was I? Yeah, the, the, so here's the problem with the thing that I said that sounds so good. I've tried to live that way. I've tried to do it. Um, even as, you know, as a Christian, I try to do it. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd get my wife to agree, yes, we're, we're going to enjoy one another this year. Um, you know, because we say it's all about being together and family and friends, so let's make it that. And I am still the first to break down and go spend money I don't have and buy gifts. It's really hard to not do that. And um, I think the fact that it is hard to not do that indicates how much of a problem it is. Yeah, it can, it can, you can get so easily caught up in the in the season, right? Because you're getting pressure from from everywhere, like, oh, you know, what did, what did you get for Christmas? And people are uh, commercials telling you to go shop and everything like that. So yeah, it is it 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 can be easier said than done. So yeah, you know. Tr- try to have that strength of will if you can one year like uh, i'm i'm like i said i'm really impressed with andrew's tale of what he did that one year i, I wish I, i've never done something like that i wish i could claim that but yeah that's yeah it's easier said than done so if we right. were dale if we were as good as we should be it would be the tradition and not the exception to the tradition so yeah. uh, I'll i'll just say that I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was great the year we did it because it allowed us to get together around a common theme. And and then when Christmas, the day came or the, or the evening before, I don't remember whether we shared a meal, uh, Christmas Eve or, or Christmas Day. But when that day rolled around, the only pressure we had was to show up and share a meal. And if there was anything that, that I took away from it that, that I liked the most about the experience, it was that we all, we all gave together to somebody that needed it. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to just share the day. Wait. And it, oh. was, it was powerful. I wish we, I, I wish, uh, you know, wish we had continued the tradition. I push it every year. I, I hope that it comes back. Yeah, but, you know, because you're an atheist, after you gave the beds, you probably went and ate their babies. So, I mean. No, he's, not he's, all of them. It's not possible you, for an atheist, all right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't eat all of them. That okay. is, I was I was giving. I left one or two. You're not as bad as you left one, just like Zeus, like uh, Zeus's dad, right? Kronos. Leave one to tell the tale. <laughs> the, the one that I thought was most likely to grow up and be a skeptic. I do have to... <laughs> <laughs> Those are the guys you got to watch out for. Um, but I do have a serious point to, to end off on as sort of a, a, a contradictory thing that might that was an interesting lesson for me um, because we're, we're talking about like it's always it's always out of selfishness that we receive gifts and stuff. And actually that's the way, that's the way I thought is, Oh, you know, I, I always give of myself. I compromise for you. We'll see whatever movie you want to see. Um, or, you know, like I'll, I'll give gifts, but I, I get nothing. 
Um, and we we assume that's always the case from selfless selflessness, but it's not always necessarily that. It could be a form of selfishness um, because people get joy from seeing from seeing giving to you as well, right? They, you know, like for example, parents with their kids. As Andrew's going to be, well, you, you already have kids, so you'll know. But um, you know, you you get more joy out of see, giving to your kids and seeing their. Sorry, that's the opposite of my point. Um, but the point is, uh, is yeah, there, there is a lesson of humility in being able to graciously receive gifts as well. This was something I learned from David Suchet, Suchet and um, he was doing a documentary in the context of like uh, 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 shoe shoe shiner, uh, and he was saying, no, 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 I feel me being up on a pedestal and you're shining my shoes as though I'm above you and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, look, you gotta, that's pride. Um, so yeah, there's also that. Oh, no problem. Uh, is it better now? Um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to, all, as good as the lesson is um, about that, that, there is also virtue in, in being able to receive it in certain cases as well. Uh, hopefully that's a good good balance point uh, that you guys can appreciate as well. I, I agree. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm prepared to learn the hard lesson of receiving. And so you may send your donations to skeptics and seekers at wordpress.com and uh, we'll figure out how I can be a better receiver. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, it's really hard for me, but I'm going to try to humble myself and learn to receive more. Uh, so you're mocking me, okay? No, <laughs> no. well, yes, but uh, well, do, okay. but I actually agree with your point entirely. Um, so yes, it is it is actually easier for me to give things to, than to than to humble myself and accept things. Uh, so even though that that sounds disingenuous, it really isn't. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a realization for me. I never thought of it. And the light, because I was always the type. Oh, I don't, I don't care. Whatever movie you want to see, we'll see that. Or where, you know, like I would always compromise on my thing, and I thought that was me being. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, I'll just say yeah. That was a that's a good lesson as well to to look at it from both both angles there. So yeah, I guess that's it. That's it for the for the questions there. Um, the the last thing that we could do, even though I think we've already sort of done that, is just go around and say what. Christmas means to us personally. Uh, do you guys want to do that, or do you sure. feel? Sure. Why don't we bring in our uh, special guest if he's still hanging around? The one that I by accident mentioned. That, yeah. would, that would be me. I'm here. Hello. Woohoo! Hey. It's been a long time, man. How? <laughs> when was the last time I talked to you? It's like an hour. Uh, <laughs> Forty-five minutes ago. Oh <laughs> for goodness! <laughs> so so yeah, Alan. Oh, Alan. Fifteen. Yeah, sorry. So, Alan, uh, let me just jump in here. So, you've heard the conversation uh, so far. Yeah. Take a take a minute and um, give us your perspective on the things that stand out to you. I'd uh, I'd love to hear some of some of uh, what you have to say about this. Oh right, well, I, I really thought it was quite depressing really <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I nearly, I nearly committed suicide here, but, but <laughs> oh, no. there's, there's a number for that. Yeah, there's a, Hold on. There's we're going to put a hotline <laughs> number on the screen right now. I couldn't find a razor. I was kind of like, <laughs> the best I got was like oh, a God, paper a cut from the shroud. I mean, that wasn't if, my original. If you had, if you had only asked, we would have all given you a razor as a Christmas gift. <laughs> I had a fun, lighthearted episode planned, but these guys all teamed up on me and, and wanted the... Uh, so you can blame these guys, the skeptics. You shouldn't have thrown me the ball at the beginning <laughs> to just <laughs> where this thing went off. <laughs> I, what I was going to say is that I'm so glad I was not part of this conversation. <laughs> I just... I just... I, I just no. I really I hate Christmas. I really hate Christmas. I live to see December the twenty sixth. You know. <laughs> Thank <you>. Amen. <laughs> Please let it pass quickly. You know. So <laughs> let this cup pass from us. I, I don't have so any. so Christmas is a kidney stone and uh, <laughs> luxury. I dreamt kitty stones. I can't. Okay. You know, I, I saw a, a Santa in a. Um, it, it was in, outside a supermarket, and they got this kind of jingly Santa sort of singing along. This dummy Santa. And I, I got this idea of, 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 how, of making a video, sort of a fun video, where I walk past this Santa, um, turn back, go to the Santa, and, and kick the <laughs> <laughs> out of him. <laughs> I was going to put guys, a great, great sound effect of me punching him with a kind of, and the. And the and the sort of wonderful, wonderful um, um, song he was singing is sort of delightfully, yes. So, um, yeah. So oh, clearly, yeah. Alan is not Canadian. Do you guys, <laughs> Alan, do you guys have the bell ringers, the, the Salvation, Salvation Army? Army. Is it, do you, we, I, I live very close to a Salvation Army, um, um, whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> well, so I, at the, here at I, the I, stores and malls and things like that, they're very... They come out and they're outside the door and they're constantly ringing the bell. Um, and there's a bucket there for you to give donations. And that's, I think that's what Andrew's talking about. Right. But that's yeah. not the great part, though. That, that is not the great part of, of the Salvation Army bell ringers. So if you're really observant about these these men and women, and, and by the way, give, um, you know, give to, to people that need. So anything I that do follows not give this, to the Salvation Army. I do not endorse I, I, this I don't endorsement. Either, I, <laughs> I, I, I give to Goodwill okay. because it is a secular organization and the Salvation Army is not. So I want okay. to get that out. A lot of people here. don't realize but, that Salvation Army is a church. It, it is, that is That is church. correct. That is correct. It is. So when you give your money, you are not necessarily just giving to the to. It is not... Um, it is not strictly going to people that need it. Um, there, there is a church element. So uh, Goodwill is a secular organization, and their money all goes to, uh, you know, to that cause. Okay, that said, here's what's funny about the Salvation Army. They stand out in front of all the stores, the, the Walmarts and the Krogers and the Targets and, and et cetera. 
they ring these bells and, and they ring them and ring them and ring them. They almost never stop. But while they stand there in, in the season of giving, they're standing out in the bitter cold and the rain and uh, day and night, and they don't look happy. They're not happy. They're not happy. <laughs> it's, it, is, it is the season of giving to people who least look like they want to be involved. Well, the, the irony even runs deeper than that, because what they're doing while they're ringing those bells, even for the people who have nice Christmas cheer, they're just annoying the heck out of everybody. And so yep. by the time you are done shopping, you are just pissed off. Thanks, Salvation Army. Have a beautiful day. Um, Merry so Christmas. this Merry is Christmas. the Skeptics and Seekers and Asking Atheist anything That's present fun. to I our listeners. <laughs> I'll, I'll insert some bell ringing here. In the... Yes, find the happiest person day. you know and play them the past hour. Give them a razor for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure it's not a safety razor. Come on. <laughs> Social responsibility. Hey, in, in the U.S., we have Second Amendment rights. We don't have to fool around with something as iffy as a razor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right to carry, right to shave. Um. All right. All right. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, that was good. Good to hear. Thank you for the positive feedback, the constructive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, next season, next season, we'll know how to depress you even more. We will so- like hear our Easter episode. That would be so much fun too. <laughs> that that one actually comes just for the listeners. That one will actually come with blueprints to properly crucify someone. No. So that as we describe it, you can follow along. Oh God, I need a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, perfect. So yeah, I think I think yeah, it's been a I think it's been a good time. We got we even uh, managed to get Alan in there. Um, yeah, I guess Merry Christmas, everyone. Please, uh, you know, don't let this depress you too much. Uh, but yeah, listen to it and then have a great time and have a good holidays with your with your uh, family and friends. All right, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> right. Uh, happy holidays. <laughs> All right, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, and stay tuned for the numbers that were promised. All right, bye-bye. Merry Christmas, everyone. All right. Uh, Dave, hold on. Got to give those numbers. Oh, well, I'll, 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 oh, you have them? Yes, of course I do. Oh. All right, so Matt. Matthew stopped recording. And if we, yeah, that's okay. I've, I've still, I've, I've still, I'm still going. I'll, I'll do a thing at the end. Go ahead. Okay. In the United States, the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. And if you're having, if you're having doubts and you just need someone to talk to, but but you're not in imminent danger of harming yourself, there is a secular hotline that you can call. It is the Secular Hotline Project. It is, uh, that phone number is 844. Sorry. That number is 844-368-2848. And in Canada, you can call 911. 
operators in Canada are uh, are trained for dealing with crisis. So again, call 911. And in the United Kingdom, you can call 0800-1111. If you're a young person experiencing crisis, and be aware that that number will not show up on any phone bill. So you can call entirely anonymously. And for adults, call 0800-585858. Thank you, and happy holidays from the Roundtable.